Hello and welcome back to the Lenny Drumrose podcast. I'm Charlie Lanieri. And I'm Ash Edwards. This podcast is brought to you by journalism students from the University of Central Lancashire. For more content, follow at UCLan Live and at UCLan Journalism on Twitter. This week, we're joined by Andy Bays, who conducted the interview with Len to share his diagnosis with fans. But as always, to start, Len, how's your health been this week? Um, okay, actually, um, my voice again keeps going. Yesterday, I thought that my neck had um, stopped working because for whatever reason, I couldn't move my head. But after about two minutes, it was fine, and I woke up this morning with no aches or pains or whatever. So, um, yeah, all good, all good. Andy, just coming to you first, I believe you had a, a season ticket watching Len. What was what was that like? Uh, it was painful at times, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was good and bad in equal measure, to be perfectly honest. Um, Len was was part of a really good youth team at, at Blackburn with, with Jim Fennell in the late 1980s. Um, so many of those lads came through to be pros, uh, the likes of Keith Hill, David May, Jason Wilcox, Craig Skinner. I'm probably going to forget yeah. one or two here. Um, but th- there were some terrific lads in that squad and, and all of them from sometime or other during the late 1980s or early 1990s were, were given an opportunity by Don Mackay, who was the manager then, or Tony Parks, who was the caretaker manager when Don left. And um, times were good. Len, Len, to me, was a, a promising centre-forward when I saw him playing, which uh, a lot of people will think, what on earth am I going on about? But I know. Back, <laughs> back in the day, you did. You, you played up there and scored some important goals for us, didn't you? I played, um, I mean, in the reserves, I used to play, like, either up front or centre midfield. Didn't mind either, but in the first team, I always played up front. And one year, I scored five goals in five games. Um, the next two games, I never put, I never scored. And Dovacar dropped me because I dried up. Dried up. I think I mentioned that last week, yeah. Dried up. Five goals in two, in seven games, not enough for him. Um, yeah, upset forward for Blackburn, played quite a few games in and out, if you like. And then um, Kenny came and the revolution started and that was it, really. I genuinely think in that time, the likes of Len, Craig Skinner, um, Keith Hill, would have all been regulars for Blackburn Rovers for years to come, had Jack Walker not taking control of the club and pumped millions and millions of pounds into it. And with that came all the expectation to sign the likes of, well, they tried to sign Gary Lineker and Teddy Sheringham. They didn't quite get that far, but they got Alan Shearer in the end. So I think if times had have stayed as they were when Len was breaking through, I, I genuinely think he would have gone on to, to play hundreds of times for Rovers with, with a lot of his youth team colleagues who came through because there wasn't any money really, to, no. to bring a lot of others in, was it? No, and we were sort of there at a time where just before um, YTSs came in, I think we were the first year, and until then, they had maybe three or four apprentices who they thought might make it. Like I say, Keith was one, Tony Diamond the year before, who played a few games. Now they signed like 20 kids, 25 knowing that they've got to fill that, the youth team up. But then we had maybe five lads um, at our age group. Like I said, two of us made it. 
and at the year after that too, they made it as well, which is quite rare now. So yeah, good times really. But um, yeah, things evolve, and um, if you ask Blackburn fans, you can't really complain that um, would it be would you soon have the uh, homegrown talent or the Premiership title? <laughs> no brainer, mate. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. As always. <laughs> That's the first, isn't it? Us agreeing. Oh, I. Yeah. Oh, I. So, Andy, you had a, an idea about who Len was and you kind of maybe watched him come through the ranks. Len, when you decided to kind of go public with your MND diagnosis, did you did you choose Andy, you know, to, to do the interview with you? Well, before I told pretty much anyone, really, um, I mean, maybe only a handful of people, I first spoke to um, Scott Reed. We were doing the game at um, Mancia, I think, and I was kind of struggling to walk up the stairs and told him then, knowing that he wouldn't say anything. Then I told Andy maybe a week or two later on, and he just said that um, if ever want to go public, they'll do the, they'll do the um, interview, broadcast it. It was all very sensitively. And um took a while really and the way I got like to the edge where I needed to talk, I think I just either gave him a call or maybe gave him a text. Can't quite remember what it was and then took it from there really. Why did you decide to tell the, the you know, the wider community about your diagnosis? Because um it was like I said before, almost like a guilty secret where I knew I had sort of nothing to be ashamed of, but people just did not know. It was hard work um, not talking about it as well. So uh, from that day onwards, really, I mean, Andy was great. Um, so knowing when to ask questions, when to be quiet, all that. And uh, he had it really, really well. And I think the best thing about it is from the moment I told him, he never treating me any differently at all. No sort of puppy dog eyes, anything like that. It was great. So yeah, that was a um, a big sort of turning point in the diagnosis. Andy, what was it like for you knowing that, you know, Len had kind of, you, you were the reporter that was going to break this story. It's such a sensitive topic. Pound well, it was sign. really... <laughs> <laughs> it was... It was... A mixture of a lot of things. Um, Len and I had worked together commentating on football matches and for probably five years before that, with a little break in between. Um, and worked together in, in the studio at Radio Lancashire, previewing and talking about football and invariably having completely different opinions of many, many things. Um, and when Len told me, he's exactly right, uh, that I remember him walking in and he had uh, grips on both wrists and, and I, I just thought he'd, he'd either been working out or he'd been to a boxing gym or something. And, and he said, no, I'll, I'll talk to you after the show. Um, and he, then he spoke to me and told me about his news. Um, and I did say to him at that point, um, the worst thing, in my opinion, you can do is have somebody um, break this news when you're not ready. So if you would like us to deal with that, then whenever the time is right you let me know and I remember clearly on a Sunday night sat at home um, 
just out of the blue, I got a text from Len saying, you know what you said about doing an interview? Well, it's now time. Um, and there must have been reasons for it, for, for it to be that time. I think Len's timing was absolutely spot on. I think in order to have his dignity, um, it was the right time because there is no question that, that Len's condition when he, when he did go public uh, was uh, immeasurably worse than it was when, when I first found out that he had it. I think I knew for maybe 18 months or so yeah. before, before we went public. And the most, I think the most upsetting thing from my perspective was that, that Len was saying that, that, that his kids, um, Patrick and Elizabeth in particular, were, were shopping with him and helping him put bottles of wine in a bag. And people were saying, well, you can't do that because you're not old enough. And what a load of nonsense that is. And, and things like going to use a disabled toilet while you're out. At the time, Len was able to, to walk wherever he wanted to, but it made sense to use a disabled toilet for his own needs. And, and to go public at that point, I thought was, was absolutely spot on. The one thing I don't think Len realized that, that I told him would happen was that once he does an interview with an organization like the BBC, people will probably think, and rightly, that Radio Lancashire are a very small part of the BBC. And that, that's exactly right. There's 40 local radio stations in the BBC. And then you've got so many national channels as well to, to listen to and watch. But as soon as Len's interview and the video of the interview that we decided we'd do both, not just a radio interview, we decided we'd, we'd film it professionally for television purposes as well. Uh, as soon as that went on to the BBC's main sport webpage, I told Len that he would be contacted by a number of other organizations. You can think of them, Sky, ITV, uh, Channel 4, you name it. They would want to do something similar to to what we did. And um, I don't know, Len, you, you tell me, did it surprise you how much people... Oh, absolutely. Um, again... Again, for showed interest in it one day, you are absolutely correct. Uh, yeah, I thought that, um, that'd be it. I'd do it and share it, um, unburden myself, um, do whatever. No, never was there, but um, what came afterwards, oh, um, it's weird. I mean, I'm kind of glad it did, even though really I'm quite a private person, it was good to get it out there and. Even like I said before, um, I've said like about Twitter, where I wouldn't necessarily um, engage with people at all, if you know me. And that really changed all that. So um, a big, big surprise, but looking back, you were right, it did happen, and um, I'm glad it did, really, yeah. Len, you talk about, you said the word unburden. Is that, was you know, doing the interview, was that a turning point in... Oh, without a doubt. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Um, I've said it before, from that day onwards, I've never had one bad day. Not one. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, if you really, really know me, um, I'm, I can be quite a deep thinker, thinker really. Um, not maudlin, but just deep. So I still think about... Um, death and dying and all that, but I'm not phased by it and I, um, I don't worry about it. But um, 
like that, that day onwards, I've not had any bad thoughts about anything. I've not um, woken up sad. Or every day for me is a good day, which totally wise everyone up around me because um, I never really cared too much about things that I didn't feel important. And now I'm even worse. So while people are, um, complain about this and that, I'm like, oh, well, be fine. I was kind of like that anyway, but now probably even worse. So, yeah, it was a massive day, massive. Andy, just going back to, to sort of the, the interview, how do you prepare for an interview, you know, of that kind of nature? It's a really interesting question because I didn't have a single thing written down. Um, a lot of people who who have been with me on work experience and things like that to places, they, they say, Where, where's your preparation? And I say, it's up there. Um, because it, I, I like to think if I'm doing something that I'd research it enough that that I wouldn't have things written down largely because um, I want to listen to what he's got to say and react to what he's saying rather than me reading down a list of questions. I, I, I didn't know everything about MND. I still don't. All I know is that it's a disgusting illness that needs more and more money raising. Uh, it needs many, many more people to, to fly the flag for it. That I think since Len's diagnosis, so much more has been done um, courtesy of, of, of Len and, and the Derby Rimmer Foundation and Dottie Weir and, and several other people who are going through this at, at this moment in time. But I didn't want to do the interview um, like I was talking to someone who I didn't know because he's my mate. And to do the interview with your mate makes things probably a million times more difficult because you don't want to be in a situation... I knew when he walked in the room, the last thing he wanted to see was to me break down in front of him or something. But it's such an emotional subject to talk about. Um, I don't think either of us have ever broke down in front of each other, and we're not going to start now, are we, mate? But, I wouldn't have thought so, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but um, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with breaking down. But, but at the time, Len definitely didn't need someone being puppy-eyed, as he said a few minutes ago. He wanted someone to help him get the message out there. And um, and when I look back on that interview, do I think it went well? Yeah, I do. do. Would I have done it any differently? Probably not. Although, if I probably had my time again, I would have probably done it in the comfort of his own home rather than him coming to me in the studio. Um, various reasons were, were behind why that didn't happen. But if I think about it now maybe I should have um, if we'd have had more staff in that day for example have gone to Len's home and done it that way but at the time I think it was still quite raw with, with Len's family with, with Nadine and with the kids yeah. as well so so it was probably yeah. best in some ways to be to be out of their way to, to do the interview but oh, undoubtedly undoubtedly it was absolutely the right place to do it and I was more than comfortable doing it there I mean, I've said already that um, I wasn't even really aware of the camera there. We just had to chat. Good. We just had to chat, didn't we? We did. Yeah, and, and that's that's exactly the way that that I like to do things and, and keep people as, as relaxed as, as they can possibly be when they're talking about something that is so emotional. And, you know, I've, I've worked closely with, with 
Gary Parkinson, who played at Burnley, and Gary's got locked in syndrome. And, and speaking to people like Gary is 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 a very emotional time. I, I speak to people who are going through dementia, like Tony Parks, who Len played under, and it's very very difficult. But if you have the the friendship side of things with them, I think it's easier in some ways that that you can relate to what they're going through, and and um, and I, I think it's worked really well and I think we've worked together really well ever since and, and beforehand we did as well but I think I think in terms of of our friendship and everything it, it's it, it's it's certainly been a, a, a closer friendship now than it yeah. was before the diagnosis where we were where we were radio colleagues who'd meet every now and again um but I would I would consider Len and me more yeah. friends and colleagues now as a certainty yeah I agree totally so from that interview, your you know your friendship has you know grown, and that you know you've worked quite a lot together, um, doing further interviews and everything. Len, do you think media exposure has helped you gain access into clubs to talk about MND? Um, I think that Andy has with his links and contacts in um in around the area, local area. Wider on, um, not really. We're afraid, um, like I said last week or whenever it was, I think that clubs are still unaware of what it entails, um, what the talk entails. Once you get in there, then they're great, but as to get access is hard work, and um, we kind of need to work on that, really. Don't know how, but um, we've got um promo video coming out in a few weeks which will go to all the clubs and um, hopefully that will um, give them a bit, a bit of a kick up the backside and then hopefully we can um, carry on doing the for the night too which is really really um, quite important and uh, obviously quite close to my heart. Does the, um, does the trust help you to you know to do to go into clubs and do those different things, or is the trust a completely different altogether? No, it was sort of set up um, primarily to um, help me um, enjoy life, if you like, but also to raise money for MND awareness and um, the association. So we do that quite a bit. Um, obviously, the project is. Um, aim towards raising money for the MND Association um, and the likes of Andy, Paul and Westy who are all part of the just really help enable that and make life easier for me. With, with the, you know, the sort of trust and everything like that, what, you know, what more are we, you know, can we do in the future? I know we've met, there's been a mention of, uh, was it some sort of concert or some sort of, um, a ball. Don't worry, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the ball now is um in February uh sixth. So yeah, things like that. I'm in the process of um setting a new website to give people information um about what MNs I'm doing and about MND in general. So uh look out for that. Always look out on, on Twitter. Andy does the uh, just to it, do you, Andy? Yeah, yeah, I, I 
have the details for the trust uh, Twitter. I'm glad I don't have your personal one, mind you, um, for some of the uh, little disagreements you've had uh, mm. in terms of our our radio shows over the years, where you've uh, <laughs> made made comments that have um, landed. Well, not, well, have they landed me in hot water? Maybe not, but they they landed me with a load of emails on my plate on a Monday morning to say Brilliant. why you had him on again. Brilliant. I love that. Yeah. I, I, to be honest with you, the, the 90% of me loves it as well. That I know for a fact that when you're on and you upset people or you have an opinion that nobody else has, people can't wait to tune in until the next time you're on because they're going to be hot and bothered about you thinking to themselves on the edge of their seat for that couple of hours, what's John Rose going to say tonight? And uh, that's why I'm so glad I've not got hold of your Twitter handle. Uh, because I'd be too polite on it, I think, if I was replying <laughs> on your behalf. <laughs> I am always polite, mate. Always. <laughs> always. Mm. Not sure I'll agree with that every time. Thank you to Andy, Len and Ash for joining me this week. Feel free to message us on Twitter. Our handles are at AshEdwards2000, at CharlieNeary and at LJomrose. For more content, please follow at UCLan Live and at Journalism UCLan on Twitter. Thank you to all the NHS staff and key workers for their continued hard work. Stay safe and we'll see you next week for another Lenny Jomrose podcast. <laughs>